0: Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin are charged with paying a total of some $25 million in bribes to get their children into elite universities. Andrew Lelling is a U.S. attorney for Massachusetts.
1: The parents charged today, despite already being able, to give their children every legitimate advantage in the college admissions game, instead chose to corrupt and illegally manipulate the system for their benefit.
0: The man who organized the plot, William Singer, pleaded guilty to racketeering, conspiracy, and obstruction of justice. The British Parliament has rejected the latest Brexit deal made by Prime Minister Theresa May and European Union leaders. May says Parliament will vote on Wednesday on declining to leave the EU without a deal on March 29. If that's approved, a vote will be held on Thursday to ask for an extension. This is USA Radio News.
1: Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800Quicken or go to RocketMortgage.com. For JD Power award information, visit JDPower.com. Rate Shield approval only ballot on certain 30 year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number
0: 3030. Senators Mitt Romney and Richard Blumenthal are among a growing number of people calling for Boeing or the FAA to ground the Boeing 737 MAX 8 following Sunday's Ethiopian Airlines crash that killed 157. People. Romney tells reporters...
1: The U.K., Singapore, Australia have all taken action to ground the aircraft. It's not that they have a specific area that uh, that is a flaw, but just out of an abundance of uh, recognition that this is very serious.
0: Air safety regulators in at least 40 countries have either grounded Boeing 737 MAX jets or banned them from their airspace. Members of the International Association of Firefighters chanted, Run, Joe, Run, during an appearance by Vice President Joe Biden. He raised the issue of the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund.
1: Why are the hell we arguing about that still? Why is that even being argued? It must be
0: permanently funded, period. You're listening to USA Radio News.
1: We know you hate doing it, and you never have time for it, so we specialize in it. I'm talking about cleaning up after your furry best friend. We are MM Pooper Scooper, and we're licensed and insured professionals that are trained to thoroughly clean your yard. Low affordable costs make it easy on your wallet and keeps your yard poo-free and clean. Don't worry, we go everywhere from Boulder City to North Las Vegas. Check us out online at mnpooperscooperservices.com or call
2: 702-787-7722 to schedule an appointment today. Hey shoppers, the businesses here on the Radio Shopping Show have shown you love with great deals they offer. Return that love by returning to our businesses without a certificate. They will appreciate it and so does AM1400 KSHP. Keep the receipt from any active Radio Shopping Show business. Write your name and shopper number on the receipt, bring that receipt to KSHP and drop it in our bowl. KSHP will draw receipts monthly for fantastic prizes. So get in on the winning by supporting the businesses that support AM1400 KSHP.
1: Hey, it's Danny and Brady from the Radio Shopping Show.
3: And we want to invite you to our weekly show on Facebook Live.
1: That's right. We do a show every Friday at noon on our Facebook page.
3: It's a video show that lets you shop with us, just like on the Radio Shopping Show. It's interactive, you get to save a ton of money, and we have a really fun time.
1: Head over to our Facebook page, at Vegas, Like and follow the page, and tune in each Friday at noon for contests, money-saving deals, and
3: free stuff. Don't miss this one-of-a-kind show each and every Friday at noon on Facebook.
2: Hey shoppers, the businesses here on the Radio Shopping Show have shown you love with great deals they offer. Return that love by returning to our businesses without a certificate. They will appreciate it and so does AM1400 KSHP. Keep the receipt from any active Radio Shopping Show business. Write your name and shopper number on the receipt, bring that receipt to KSHP and drop it in our bowl. KSHP will draw receipts monthly for fantastic prizes. So get in on the winning by supporting the businesses that support AM1400 KSHP.
4: I'm ready
5: to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub with your host Ian Racelli on KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at kshp.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli kelly
3: hello ladies and gentlemen my name is Ian kelly the host of vegas sports hub i got my co-host here ethan hello Gettemire.
4: yes hey you said my last name right <laughs> finally
3: said your last name right it's a couple months <laughs> yeah it's and been we a have while. you know stevie here in the studio but obviously it's not gonna be uh, on the night because there's no hockey It will nope. be hockey next week i will reassure you of that but this week we are going to get into march madness and I'm gonna have a very special guest on to just talk about NFL free agency. Let's start out with March Madness, and I'm going to have Ethan read me the first question.
4: Uh, which players? Is that right? Yeah. Are we starting NBA or March Madness?
3: We're gonna do March Madness. What's the okay. first question?
4: Okay. Sorry. Uh, eight teams that are going to be contenders or upsets. What are your thoughts?
3: right, this segment is going to be called Final Four or Upset, and it is going to discuss the eight top teams in college basketball. And are they going to be contenders at the final, or will they be upset early? We're going to start with Virginia. Now, the Virginia Cavaliers, the number two team in college basketball right now, I say they will be contenders. When you look at their schedule, they had to face a lot of very tough opponents. You had Wisconsin had maryland florida state virginia tech and they went against north carolina and beat them in north carolina which is a big deal they did lose both their games to duke which is a concern there but when you look at virginia cavaliers and you look at their schedule and you look at their players when you look at virginia they have a very good player in ty jerome very good guard he is averaging right now 13.5 points per game 4.1 rebounds and 5.3 assists per game. He is going to be the player to watch from Virginia right now in this tournament. I say they will be a contender. And the next team I have is the Kentucky Wildcats. You know, John Calipari is a very good head coach, one of the best in college basketball. There's always been that report about, you know, how the fact that Kentucky cannot get the job done when the tournament happens. There's always been that belief. Here's the thing about Kentucky. They have a very loaded roster. P.J. Washington, you have Ashton Haggins, and you have Nick Richards. Three very good players for the Kentucky Wildcats. And then you look at their schedule as they were the number four team right now in college basketball. They lost to Duke at the beginning of the season. And then they had to face North Carolina with a win. They had to go against Auburn. Mississippi State Kansas and they got the job done there and they won all three of those so when I look at Kentucky I think they have a very good chance of, of being a contender in March Madness next team I have is the Duke Blue Devils now here's the thing about Duke it is with them elite eight or bust for Duke it is a team that they they need success Think about it. They're Duke. We all know what Duke is. We all know when we think of Duke Blue Devils, it's basketball, Mike K. We all know about that. But here's the thing. They're the number five team in college basketball. They started out with a win against Kentucky. They had wins against Auburn. They had wins against Texas Tech, Florida State, Virginia both times. They had a loss against Gonzaga, and they lost in that game to Syracuse in the middle part of the season. So when I look at Duke, and I look at the fact that they lost to some very interesting teams. It's interesting. But when you look at Duke, and you look at the players on that roster, you look at R.J. Barrett, who's going to be a top-five pick, no doubt about it, he's going to be a top-five pick. You look at Zion Williamson, will he be playing again? We don't know. But the fact that he is projected to be the number-one overall pick And he came from the Duke Blue Devils. That is a good thing. And then you look at a guard like Trey Jones, who is averaging 8.7 points per game and is averaging 5.3 assists and 3.8 rebounds per game. I think Duke is a contender for March Madness. And then the next team I have as a contender is a team that's going to surprise a lot of people. And that is the Purdue Boilmakers. When I look at this team right here, it's a very underrated team. They have Carson Edwards, they have Ryan Klein, and they have Matt Herons. Three very good players. And Carson Edwards averaging 23-3-3 and 3 per game. A very good player. A player that everyone needs to watch out for. And everyone's saying, but Purdue is a 13th in the uh, college rankings right now. Why should we care about Purdue? Why are they going to be a contender? Here's the reason why. I know that early on they struggled against Michigan, against Florida State, and Virginia Tech. But when you look at Purdue's recent run, they had to win against Northwestern, Ohio State, Nebraska, Indiana. They had to go up against these very good teams. Let's also not forget to mention, they beat Michigan State when, earlier this season in a very good game. So when I look at Purdue and I look at all of their stats and I look at what they did this season, I say Purdue is going to be a contender in March Madness. Now, teams that are going to have a very good chance of being upset, this first one is probably going to upset Ethan. I got the Gonzaga Bulldogs being upset in the college March Madness tournament. Now Ethan, do you agree with me? Do you think Gonzaga is gonna be upset?
4: Oh, probably. It's just a matter of who would be the team that too upset him. Um I if anybody, I would probably say Virginia. I well, or maybe you, Duke with Zion.
3: Well here's the thing about Gonzaga. They're the number one team right now.
4: Yeah, they're thirty and two.
3: But the argument is who did they face? They did not face anybody in one of the weakest conferences in college basketball. You know what? You beat Duke earlier this year. Fantastic, But you know what? That was early on in the season. Duke wasn't the team they are right now.
4: Well, you have to also remember that they beat him with Zion. So I think if earlier in the season, maybe Duke was just getting their bearings straight. So with that, maybe Gonzaga will have a tougher time if they play Duke. But maybe the outcome would still be the same with Gonzaga moving on. Who knows?
3: Well, the thing with Gonzaga is... The two teams they lost to are very important. They lost to Tennessee, and they lost North Carolina. Two teams that are, by the way, going to be a force in this tournament. And two teams that, depending on the brackets, they could potentially face in this March Madness tournament. Now, when you look at Gonzaga, my point is, like I said, they only faced three ranked teams their entire season. And that was Duke, Tennessee, and North Carolina, and that was within the first month of the season. So I don't care that Gonzaga has these great players on their roster. They were in a weak conference. What did you expect them to be? I expect them to be upset very soon, depending on... They're going to be in one of the toughest brackets. Have you seen the projections, Ethan?
4: I have not. What are they?
3: When you look at the projections and you look at who they are projected to face, they're going to be facing some very tough teams in this bracket. And that is going to affect them very well, because they gotta face teams that are in the higher conferences, the very important conferences. So when it comes against Zagat, I see him getting upset.
4: Do you see a first round a first round leave?
3: I don't see a first round leave. I don't think they're gonna get eliminated in the sixty four, but I don't see him making the sweet sixteen. I don't see him making that path. The next team I have is Texas Tech. The Big twelve darling, as everyone likes to call him. When you look at Texas Tech, they have a very good head coach in Chris Beard, who was supposed to go to UNLV, by the way. And he was there for 19 days. But when I look at Texas Tech and I look at their roster, I am not confident in it. I know that Jared Culver, who's a very good guard, is on that team, and Matt Mooney is a good guard as well. But when I look at Texas Tech and I look at what they had to do this season, I am not confident with that roster. They had to lose, they lost to Duke. They had horrible losses to Iowa State, Baylor, and Kansas State early on in the season. I just don't see how good this team is going to be down the stretch. They lost to Kansas in the middle part of the year. So when I see this Texas Tech roster and I see what they did this season, I am not high on them like anybody else. Ethan, are you high on them?
4: No, they they haven't really shown me anything. Um, they, they're kind of on the down, down low, in my opinion. They're, they look like they're just starting to go and slope down, and they're, they're having a decrease in the season. I don't see them being Sweet 16. I see them maybe being a first round out of the 64.
3: That's just the thing with Texas Tech is I don't see them going into the Sweet 16. I don't see it. A team that is going to be very controversial and a team that a lot of people will disagree with me, you Tar Hill fans are not going to like me after this, but North Carolina, I see an early upset here. When I look at North Carolina and I look at their roster, what, what do you really need to talk about here? Because with North Carolina, they're the number three seed right now. They would be the third best team in college basketball. Cameron Johnson, Luke May, Kobe White, and then you've got guys like um, Kenny Williams. When I look at North Carolina, their roster isn't as great as it has been in the past. Do you remember about a decade ago when North Carolina used to have NBA stars throughout their entire lineup? But that's not the case anymore. That was
4: around 7 08, Yeah, that or... was around
3: the, you know, Tyler Hansborough. Yeah. You had all these very good players. But I don't see that roster anymore for North Carolina. And when you look at their schedule and their five losses they had, they lost to Texas, Michigan, Kentucky, Louisville, and then they lost to Virginia as well. They had some very bad losses in the be- beginning and middle part of the season. So when it comes to North Carolina, I could see them getting upset. Also, depending on the projections, which I'm using right now, the bracket they are in, they could lose out very early on.
4: Do we know who they would be playing in the first, like the first round?
3: Well, here's the thing about the first round is that outside of like the number one, number two, and number three, the rest of them are basically up in the air as a okay. projection. Because with the projection bracket, they're basically just saying, hey, this team will win their tournament. They're going to be there. But as right now, we do not know yet.
4: Okay. I know we can like create our brackets and start going for the challenge in nine days.
3: Speaking of which, are you going to do that?
4: Yeah, of course. Why not?
3: You know what? I'm just going to throw us out here. KSHP, if you're listening, this is a great idea. Let's get everybody in the office to do a KSHP March Madness bracket on that network that I'm not going to say because they have a fantasy that would be great for KSHP. But you know what? I say let's do it.
4: I'm down. Let's do it. All right. I already ha- I already have a, uh, a. i – I'm blanking on it. A bracket. website. Yeah, bracket like You already have
3: a bracket already set up and yep, ready to go. I'm ready
4: to just fill it out.
3: So you, when the final team I'm about to talk about gets brought up, you might not like it because a lot of teams are projecting them to go all the way. And that is LSU. Number nine right now in college basketball, Tremont Waters, Naz Reed, and they had Bigby Williams, a very good forward. To me, LSU, their coaching controversy of what's going on right now, their coach having the NCAA problems, him no longer being there, I think that's going to affect LSU. And when it comes down the line, they they lost to Florida State in overtime. Oklahoma State was a loss. Houston was a loss. I don't trust this LSU team when it comes to the March Madness Tournament. A lot of people like this team, and a lot of people think they could go far. I don't see it.
4: I don't see it either. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, I think the only thing LSU is good at is football, but that's for another day.
3: Well, you say football, but they have a very good baseball program as well. They've gotten a lot of draft picks from their college baseball program. Good for them. That is they very, deserve it. That is very good. Now, what's the next question, Ethan.
4: Uh which players should we pay attention to during the March Madness?
3: When it comes to March Madness, there are a couple of players that have caught my attention. Their draft stocks are going to be important with this upcoming March Madness. The first one I'm going to talk about is Luke Dort, a shooting guard from Arizona State, averaging 16 4 and 3 right now. He is a freshman. He leads his team in steals, and he is a projected lottery pick right now in the upcoming draft. So depending on what Arizona State does, they are projected right now to be a 11th seed in the College March Madness Tournament. So depending on what Arizona State does and depending on what Luke Dort does, he could be a lottery pick or he could fall in the upcoming draft.
4: What do you think he would do? Do you think he'll he'll go down?
3: I say if he does a great performance, regardless of where they fall, I think he could be a lottery pick.
4: So NBA scouts are, are watching during the Madness. Oh, of course. They're
3: going to be at every single game.
4: I am not. I wouldn't be surprised.
3: I mean, especially when it gets to Sweet 16 and Elite 8. You know every yeah. scout is going to be at those games.
4: Well, and then Final Four.
3: Well, oh, well, of course, and the national title <laughs> as well. Yeah. And that's, that's
4: where most players get drafted is from, is from the national team.
3: Well, a lot of them, yeah, from the Final Four, Elite Eight, and the title game, a lot of players get drafted. People forget this. People forget that a lot of the teams that get eliminated early have high draft picks on their rosters. So scouts are still watching that. Speaking of which, Quentin Rhodes, who's a shooting guard from Temple, a junior. He's averaging 16.5 points per game and 3.7 rebounds. He leads the team in steals. He is a very good prospect. And depending on what Temple does in this roster, he is a second-round pick as of right now. But I'm saying if he has a great tournament, he could be a first-round pick. So Quentin Rose, shooting guard from Temple. Now, these next two players are on the same team, so I'm going to combine them. And that is Brandon Clark, power forward, and Zach Norville, shooting guard, both from Gonzaga. Norville's a sophomore. Brendan Clark is a junior. When I look at Clark and I look at Norville, they're two of the main reasons why Gonzaga is doing well. And you look at both of them, Norville and Clark are projected to be late first rounders, early second rounders right now. But let's say if Gonzaga makes a serious push. I'm going against what what I just said a couple of minutes ago, but let's say if they do it. Clark and Norville will benefit the most from it. Because like I said, they are late first, early second round picks. Great performance, they're going to be making a lot more money. And then the last player I want to talk about is Jalen Noel. He's a point guard from Washington. He's a sophomore. He's averaging 16 points per game, three assists.
4: Is he brothers with Nerlens Noel?
3: No, he is not. I wish he was, but no, they actually have different spelling. Oh, okay. But he leads a team in points and assists, and the thing about point guards from Washington, they've done very well. Markel Fultz, Isaiah Thomas. So he could be the third point guard from Washington to make a good appearance and get drafted in the NBA.
4: Where do you think he would go in the NBA draft?
3: See, that's the thing. A lot of people think he could be a second-round pick. But my point in this draft stock is that if they have great performances, they could be first-round picks.
4: Interesting. I I wouldn't be surprised with that. It's just a matter of are they going to be the picks, though? Are they going to be first-round picks?
3: Exactly. Honorable mention to Keldon Johnson, a shooting guard from Kentucky who's a freshman. He is averaging 30 minutes per game for Kentucky, and he could be a first-round pick depending on what Kentucky does in the tournament. I said they're going to be contenders, so he could be a first-round pick as well honorable mention to him. Now, final question, Ethan.
4: Okay, so which lower-seeded teams should people watch out for in the March Madness?
3: When it comes to the lower-seeded teams, teams that could make the the Sweet 16. That's the third round. That's where a lot of these lower-seeded teams either get bounced or they make it all the way through. Everyone loves these lower-seeded teams. They're the Cinderella stories. I'm going to start out with New Mexico State. From the whack, as WAC Vegas, as the commercially recorded, does say. <laughs> when it comes to New Mexico State, I like their roster. I like what New Mexico State has done in this season. They're going to be the WAC champions. They should be anyway, based on the tournament and all of the players and teams around them. If New Mexico State gets the right seed, they could be a force to be reckoned with. When it comes to the tournament and the right bracket, if they're put in the toughest bracket, I don't see New Mexico State doing it. But if they're one of the other brackets that is a less burden on them, I think New Mexico State has a very good chance of getting to the Sweet 16 and making an impact.
4: What about uh, Utah?
3: Here's the thing. Utah is a very good team, but when I look at what their roster has and what they have in the Pac-12, they had to compete against Washington. They had to compete against Arizona State. And there's also the fact that Utah is a bubble team. They might not even make it into the tournament.
4: But there's a glimmer of hope for them, right?
3: There's a glimmer of hope, but they're still a bubble team. Anything can happen there. Right now, I'm focusing on teams that are mainly locked in or are basically assurance right now. Speaking of, I want to talk about Vermont. Little, little Vermont. Does anybody really think of Vermont when it comes to the 50 states? Vermont's probably like the 45th state you'll think of when it comes to all 50 states. But they have a very good basketball team. They're in the America East, one of the smaller conferences, but they have been a force to be reckoned with for the last decade. They constantly make the tournament. They're a team that you really need to watch out for in March Madness because there has been times in the past that Vermont has won in the first round and then they make it to the second round and they get eliminated. I say I think it's the year that Vermont finally gets to the Sweet 16. They had the roster, and they had the talent to do so. So I say Vermont will be the second team on my list of lower-seeded teams could make an impact that you need to watch out for. The next team I want to talk about is a team that was a Cinderella story just a couple of years ago, and that was Murray State. Does anybody remember when Murray State went far in the March, March Madness a couple of years ago?
4: I don't remember that at all.
3: Well, I say they're going to do it again. When I look at Murray State... Their coach is a very good coach. I'm surprised none of the major leagues, uh, none of the major programs in college basketball have gone for this head coach because with Murray State, they have a very good roster, very good leadership, and depending on the bracket they're in, which is a reoccurring theme here, depending on their bracket, they could go far. So I say Murray State is a team to watch out for. And now, these next two teams are from big programs. They're projected to be an 11th seed or a 12th seed in this tournament. I have Oklahoma Sooners, who is coached by former UNLV coach Lon Kruger. But when I look at Oklahoma, they had a very tough schedule. They had losses to Wisconsin, losses to Kansas, Texas Tech. They lost to a lot of very good teams. But here's the benefit to Oklahoma, is that everyone's counting them out with them being a lower seed. And I like Christian James, the guard from Oklahoma. He's averaging 14, 6, and 1. So a very good player with Christian James, a good guard. I think Oklahoma could be a team to watch out for, not just because they're from a big program, but because of the talent and the fact that they had a hard schedule to deal with in this this season. And then the last team that's going to be a lower seed to watch out for is a team that won a national championship just a decade ago, and that is the Florida Gators. Florida Gators are going to be a lower-seeded team. Hey, do you remember when Florida had Billy Donovan, Joakim Noah, Corey Brewer? They had all these great players... On that team,
4: I I remember that 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 was a dominant team that year. Yeah, they
3: went to the national championship. They won the entire thing, and then as well as
4: they deserved it.
3: And then Billy Donovan went to the NBA like he should have.
4: Yeah, well, that's that's a perfect way to end a national championship.
3: Exactly, but when I look at this current Florida Gator team, they have a lot of talent. Kavon Allen, he's averaging eleven, two and two on this current season. And Florida was in the same way as Oklahoma. They're in the SEC. They had to face some of the best opponents year-round. I mean, what are you going to do when you have to face teams like Michigan State, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky almost all the time? You're going to struggle. Right. So I think they could make an impact and be one of the lower seeds that everyone is not going to talk about. Now – That was our March Madness segment. When we come back here on KSHP 1400 AM on Vegas Sports Hub, when we come back, we are going to get into the NFL free agency and talk about all of the big deals and everything that hasn't happened yet so far in NFL free agency, KSHP 1400 AM Las Vegas. We'll be right back.
1: On May 15, 1946, a young Tommy Kolax introduced Los Angeles to a hamburger with gusto. Over 70 years later, Tommy's Hamburgers are world famous for their chili and chili burgers. Tommy's also features chili cheese dogs, breakfast burritos, chili tamales, thick milkshakes, and chili cheese fries. Dine in or carry out at Tommy's three Las Vegas locations, Craig in the 95, Boulder Highway just north of Harmon, and St. Rose just west of Eastern. Find the shack and you'll be back at Tommy's Hamburgers.
4: Jumper's Jungle Family Fun Center is an indoor children's jump and party space in Las Vegas located at 2050 South Rainbow Boulevard. Kids of all ages can come and jump on our bouncers, race through the obstacle courses, speed down the mega slides, slam dunk into the basketball hoop, and much more. Are you looking for that perfect birthday party venue? Look no further. Jumper's Jungle has a party package that will fit your needs. Check out the open play schedule online at jumpersjungle.com or call 702-463-JUMP. It's time to jump your way to fun at Jumper's Jungle on the corner of Oki and Rainbow. gravity we're proud to be las vegas's best rated sports park we bring the thrill of extreme aerial action off the screen and into reality with liberating physical experiences that are enjoyed by all ages whether it's our stunt fall ninja warrior course foam pits launch pads dunk basketball or many other amazing attractions visit 7350 prairie falcon that's 7350 prairie falcon or online at www.gravity.com
2: Experience the vacation of a lifetime with Dream Vacation Week. Enjoy a fantastic seven-night resort vacation for a low price at some of the most popular destinations in the world. Don't take our word for it. Hear what our radio shopping show listeners have to say about Dream Vacation Week.
1: Yes, we went to Park
2: City, and it was the best. Oh, my gosh, it was so wonderful. To Sedona, wonderful.
0: It was a really good, really good experience.
2: To book your vacation of a lifetime, visit them online at dreamvacationweek.com. That's dreamvacationweek.com.
3: The Sports Hub presents This Day in Sports History. In 1997, Dodgers legend Tommy Lasorda was inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. In 1993, the Florida Marlins beat the Houston Astros 12-8 in their first ever spring training game. In 1985, New York Islanders legend Mike Bossy is the first ever to score 50 goals in eight straight seasons. In 1977, ACC Benz Basketball Tournament North Carolina beat Virginia 75-69. In 1966, players' representatives elected Marvin Miller as executive director of the Major League Baseball's Player Association. In 1910, the Stanley Cup, the Montreal Wanderers, beat Ottawa Senators 3-1. This
1: has been Sports Hubs This Day in Sports
3: History. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub on KSHP, 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian Kelly, co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. Hello. Now we're going to get into NFL free agency. Let's start out with, let's talk about the teams that fixed their biggest weakness in free agency so far. Ethan, which one do you think that is? You know,
4: I, kind of just looking at all the teams, just, I really like, you know, Kansas City, As as painful as that is for me to say. I they really fixed really what they need. So, they fixed their uh, their uh offensive linebacker in D Ford. They added a running back in Carlos Hyde. They added a safety in Tyron uh Matthew.
3: Yeah, the Honey Badger. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And then they added a, a linebacker in Damian Wilson. So, so they added a lot of talent. Yeah, that's exactly what the Chiefs needed. I as painful as it is for me to say they they really they really did some damage to their team, with, and it's going to help them out see, a lot. See, with you
3: being a Denver Broncos fan, I know that pains you to say Kansas City. But it what does. about what about a team like Oakland? Look at what they did this off season.
4: Uh, they're they're doing good. I they're going to be making some more trades. I I see them after the San Antonio Brown deal. I I really see them making going for more.
3: Think about this: they got Antonio Brown. They went and got Trent Brown, one of the best guards or tackles in the NFL right now. And then when you look at everything else going on in football with the Oakland Raiders, they could still be in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes.
4: Yeah, I'd, that would be that would be really good for for them. Um, yeah,
3: it would be very good. Yeah, as having well. have
4: Brown and oh my gosh, uh, coming from the Steelers, Le'Veon right. Bell and Antonio Brown, just with Derek Carr, except. Do we know if the Raiders are going to be going for a, a new quarterback in the draft?
3: It's a possibility with Kyler Murray, but way I look at it, I well, think they're going to keep go. Derek Carr, and they're going to do well.
4: I think Murray's going to the, the Cardinals.
3: All right. Well, since we were talking about NFL free agency, Andre Robinson, KSHP, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Ian? Everything is going pretty well. Glad to have you on the show.
5: Thank you very kindly, Ian. I appreciate it.
3: Now to start out, I want to talk about which teams do you think fixed their biggest weakness in free agency so far?
5: Oh, that is a great question. And I'm almost predicated to say it's Buffalo Bills.
3: And why, have the, why did the Buffalo Bills fix their biggest weakness?
5: Well, I will tell you this right off the jump. The Buffalo Bills knew that they needed offense, and have you not seen free agency? I mean, they have gotten multiple upon multiple wide receivers. They've got three offensive linemen already. Um, and my sources just told me just a few minutes ago that, uh, being in the GN from, uh, the Texans are, currently working out a deal to acquire one Jadavion Clowney.
3: That would be a big big move for the Buffalo Bills.
5: Yes, it would. Uh, You know Buffalo was looking at Ziggy Onsen uh, earlier and they're saying if the Ziggy Onsen uh, deal does not fall through that they will be going for Jadavion Clowney.
3: Well, here's the thing about Jadavion Clowney. He is a very good pass rusher. But the thing that people forget about Jadavion Clowney is that he can also defend as well. That he's not just a pass rusher. He can do more than that.
5: Yes, absolutely.
3: Outside of the Buffalo Bills, what is another team that fixed their biggest weakness? My my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer here, he said Kansas City was a team that fixed their weakness. I said Oakland Uh, What is another team that you think fixed a lot of their big
5: Um, For me, personally, I have to say the Cleveland Browns.
3: They definitely did. I mean, you look at the trade they just pulled off.
5: Cleveland is on a rampage. And I heard they're not done. Sources just told me that the Cleveland Browns are looking into getting uh, a replacement for Javel Jebe- uh Jebe- uh Jebe- uh, Jebe- uh, Jebe- uh Peppers because they just let Jabel Prep uh Peppers go. Yes as they, far as Yes uh, they did.
3: They just let him
5: go Yep. Acquiring OBJ they let him go in that trade. Uh has anyone heard of Earl Thomas?
3: Earl Thomas, a very good safety. Everyone assumed he was going to the Dallas Cowboys, but at this point we don't know yet.
5: Uh No, sources sources said that uh, Earl Thomas may be signed to the Browns as of later tonight
4: I wouldn't be surprised by that
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either
4: The, the Browns can offer him a lot of money just to sign maybe like a three year deal
3: Well, let's not forget, the Cleveland Browns had the second most cap space among all the teams entering this free agency.
4: As to why OBJ is going to be getting paid He's going to be making some big bucks, assuming he doesn't fight with the net again like he did in New York.
3: (laughs) Now, Andre, free agency is a fun topic, but which teams do you see focusing more on the draft that's coming up than free agency? Because there have been some teams that have been laying low in this free agency and waiting for the draft to happen.
5: Well, first and foremost, you've got you to gotta already think that the Giants are definitely waiting for the draft to pop up, especially after the move they just made. The Giants will be looking at the draft uh, very heavily. Um,
3: but with this trade, um, do they go after a wide receiver now or a quarterback?
5: uh I think they go after both and to be honest with you I think they can get both seeing that now they have two first round picks cuz they got one from uh they got one from Cleveland and they got a second round pick from Cleveland too uh so that that gives them that gives them some opportunity to fill some holes and I think the first two holes that need to be filled is that quarterback and wide receiver so my idea for the Giants is to get Dwayne Haskins And then the Giants pick number 17 after their first pick because they get the Browns pick. Right. So at 17, uh, you could – I don't know if Metcalf is going to be there that late. He's not – I think Metcalf is going earlier than even nine. A lot of people thought Buffalo was going to get him. I don't know if Buffalo is going to get him. So, right, do you now, think
4: the Giants might trade up the number 17 pick to maybe go a little higher, maybe take number five over from Tampa Bay and give Tampa Bay number 17 so that the they, Giants they, can go for a quarterback and a wide receiver back to back?
5: They could. They very well could do that. that. That actually would be a very smart move on the Giants to do so. I mean, what do they have to lose?
4: Right. Well, they could either trade for number 5 which would be Tampa or they could trade for number 7 which would be Jacksonville but I don't think Jacksonville would be really willing to trade seeing that they need all the help that they can get
5: i tell you somebody they could trade for right now and who's that they could trade with the Buffalo Bills the Buffalo Bills is looking to move down
3: that is true Buffalo is trying to move down from their pick outside of the Giants who else could the Bills trade down with
5: um my first initial thought before the Bills uh got Frank Gore was Jacksonville. I mean they probably could have traded they probably could have traded um and got
3: a Fournette.
5: I mean they could yeah, they could have got Fournette, traded down, tried to get a a, a late first or, or early second. I mean, they really don't – the Bills really don't need to be at number nine.
3: But if they did stay at number nine, do they go offensive linemen still or do they focus on that defense?
5: No, I think the Bills are going to get Grady Williams off off the board at number nine.
3: It's a good possibility.
5: And the reason why I say that is because he has ties to Trey White. Him and Trey White have ties. I know that they just signed the cornerback, Kevin Johnson, and all that. But if you really look at it, if you think about it, if they sign the pass rusher, like I think they're going to, either Anson or Clowney, is, and it is very, it is very, 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 very possible that the Bills could take one of those two. If so, the Bills will not go defensive uh, in or tackle like we, like a lot of people thought. The Bills already have gotten three offensive linemen already in free agency. So I doubt that the Bills are going to go off into line with the first with the first pick. The Bills have already gotten multiple wide receivers, which now uh, they have Zay Jones, which I think is going to be reduced or he is expendable right now because they still have Robert Foster, Isaiah McKenzie. Now they have John Brown, they have Cole Beasley, they have Duke Williams. Um, he's expendable at this point. So they really don't need to get a wide receiver in the first round, per se. So I look at that, and all I can think of is, man, why don't you go get a corner? Sure be a corner
3: spot. Right, get somebody next to White. Exactly.
5: Get somebody next to White.
3: Now, when it comes to the NFL draft, I personally say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have been very quiet when it comes to free agency. I think the reason why is that I know that Ethan said that they were that they could trade down. Yes. But I don't think they're going to do so. I think what Tampa is going to do is focus on this draft, reload their roster, and kind of start rebuilding their team from a younger standpoint. Andre, would you agree with me on that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I would. They just uh they just moved Deshaun Jackson back to Philly. So, I, I mean, at number five, they could get D.K. Metcalf if they want to at number five, if they really want.
3: Well, since Even
5: we, though I think that they're going to try to get an offensive lineman to try to shore up that offensive line for Jameis Winston because they're all in on Jameis
3: Winston. Now. Well, speaking of offensive linemen, in a mock draft, they did have Jonah Williams going to the Bills. But since they got three offensive linemen, could a team like Tampa Bay take – Jonah Williams with their pick.
5: Yeah, they could. They could. My only my only problem with Jonah Williams is uh him defending well, him blocking or defending against uh defensive ends with longer arms. He struggled against uh players with longer arms. If if you look at the uh title game, Colin, uh the D T from Clemson blew him uh, up. Uh
3: call uh Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell? Yeah, Farrell.
5: Yeah, You're right. Colin Farrell blew him up.
3: Now, looking at the younger players that were in this free agency class, you know, we all know about the younger players who are getting their first big deal. When it comes to those players, which one benefited the most from this class?
5: Um, you said what player? Yeah, like, I want to make sure
0: I, right, I
3: got the question. Right, because there's a lot of players that were drafted in 2014 that are free agents for the first time. I just wanted to ask which player from like that draft benefited the most from this free agency. There was a lot of money handed out.
5: Mm. Wow. Are we talking about people like Landon Collins?
3: Exactly. People like Landon Collins.
5: Uh, I would say him.
3: Well, you will say Landon Collins. I'm going to do one better. I say Trey Flowers. When you look at the contract he got from the Detroit Lions, or sorry, should I say the Detroit Patriots, he got a very good deal to be one of their centerpieces in Detroit. Hi, how's
5: it going? Only reason why I'm going to say I I can understand Landon Collins is because Landon Collins is on a better team uh, with the Redskins than than he is with the Detroit Lions. So I think that I think that Landon Collins is going to benefit from that.
3: I see your point there. Now we now there was a lot of below five hundred teams this past season that got loaded in this free agency class. When which below five hundred team from twenty eighteen do you think improved the most from this year's free agency class and why?
5: Oh, that's easy. This is the Cleveland Browns. Again, easy. That's very easy. And and the Browns was under five hundred. They were seven, eight, and one, so that's an under five hundred team. I know that's probably the easiest predicated answer, but when you look at it, come on. They got OBJ, they got Kareem Hunt, um, they definitely, they, listen, Cleveland wins the AFC North. That's all I'm, uh, I'm going to say.
3: You say it's finally the um, year they take over?
5: Absolutely. It's takeover time. And i tell you why it's takeover time. If you look at the Baltimore Ravens right now, Baltimore Ravens are losing pieces on defense. I don't care how old or young. When you lose C.J. Mosley, when, when you lose Terrell Suggs, when you lose guys like that. Eric Weddle. Um, Eric Weddle as well. When you look, when you lose impact players like that, um, yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson has weapons. Right with I'm waiting for Baltimore to make moves. I'm hearing that they might be trying to get Mark Ingram and everything. But uh, when you got Mark, when you got Lamar Jackson, who's going to uh, he's going to hand the ball off, off, or his offense is going to be predicated around him, and he's a second year quarterback. I don't know how successful you're going to be. Uh, with that. When we you look at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has lost uh, Bell and Antonio Brown. Uh, the defense is subpar. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you got a jungle over there in Pittsburgh. And then last but not least, you got the Bengals who don't even know if Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback this season. Uh, with that being said, I haven't heard the Bengals doing much of anything as well. They I'm gonna tell you, I'm going to tell you that I see Cleveland. Winning at least five games in their division, four or five games in their own division this year, uh, and a record of ten and six or eleven and five, and they win the division.
3: It's crazy that two years ago we were talking about how Cleveland was one of the worst teams in the league, and now they could be division winners. I see your point with Cleveland, but I gotta go with the New York Jets. When I look at their roster and all the acquisitions they made. They're trying to be a serious playoff team as of right now, based on all the money they spent. And the fact that they're now in the AFC East, where the Patriots, yes, they lost players, but they still are the New England Patriots. Buffalo, they've gotten better. Miami, I don't know if you could say they are around the same. I think they got a little bit worse with their free agency class I say that the Jets could make a very serious move in twenty nineteen.
5: Um what well, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh I have conversations with Jets fans all the time and I honestly think that uh the bills are more more um
3: they're more better or
5: I don't want to say more better. I just think uh that the Bills made the bigger moves in free agency so far and I think that they have the better upside to become a better team. I think they're better on offensive defense, period. So if you look at the whole the team as a whole, the Bills were what, number two in defense last year. Now you got now you got a team that's kinda of shored up the offensive line. They've put weapons around Josh Allen. Um they went and got Frank Gore for leadership. Um I just see them having a better a better shot at the playoffs than the Jets.
3: I mean, that is a interesting proposition there. Because the Jets and the Bills, like I said, made a lot of moves trying to be a playoff team. Do we think they would be division winners? No. The Patriots have killed that division time and time again. But
5: until somebody can beat Tom Brady, then we can talk about them anybody being division
4: winners let's talk the Dolphins just kidding
3: exactly. oh please <laughs> now based on all the moves we have seen which team do you think will be the winner of the 2019 NFL free agency because every year we have those uh, memes about that banner where it says 2019 free agency champion who will get that meme banner
5: Right now, to be honest with you, shout out to Ohio because uh, again, it's hard for me not to say Cleveland. I mean, I think Buffalo is a runner-up right now.
3: You know, nope. I I see your point with Cleveland. You're pushing Cleveland very heavy. I'm gonna go with the Oakland Raiders. I look at their moves that they have made. You got a number one wide receiver in Antonio Brown. You went and got a good tackle from the Patriots in Trent Brown. And then you beefed up that defense with LaMarcus Joyner. I think the Raiders made a lot of great moves here. And there's the fact that they are in the sweepstakes to get Le'Veon Bell. Okay. And then, uh, even.
4: Uh, I I agree with you with the Oakland Raiders, they they are, they're a scary team now.
3: Right, right. Now what?
5: Well, th- I was I disagree with the Oakland Raiders, and I'm gonna tell you why I disagree with them. If if you have a second for me to do so.
3: Oh yeah, of course. Go right ahead.
5: Okay. Well, first and foremost, I don't like the fact that they definitely got rid of uh, Khalil Mack and that big old uh, chunk of change that he was—he should have gotten for a Antonio Brown. I mean, look, look at what Oakland's done ever since they've gotten rid of Khalil back. It's been disastrous, first and foremost. So you went and got Antonio Brown. I get it. That's fine. Then you went out and you overpaid for Trent Brown, who I think is not worth the money that he, he got. That is a lot of money to be paying Trent Brown. That's number two. I'm okay with the Lamarcus Joyner uh move. I'm okay with that. But I just don't see Oakland being better than Kansas City nor the Chargers again this year, even with the moves. Uh you have to also remember Derek Kai is very injury prone. And what happens if Derek Kai goes down? You have three well, you had three Bills quarterbacks, ex-Bills quarterbacks, who failed miserably.
3: What do you want to do? Put in I, I see your point with Oakland. I see your point. I'll tell you this: Khalil Mack was a hundred and forty-one million dollars. Antonio Brown was only sixty. Or sorry, not sixty, fifty-four million. But when I look
5: at, yeah, I I'm looking by. I'm talking about by year
3: though. I know by year, year by but year. overall, in terms of overall length, Khalil Mack was paid more when it came to the longer span.
5: I guess we'll I guess we we'll have to see now if offense can predicate some wins for the Oakland Raiders because I tell you what, Khalil Mack might be been $141 million, but Khalil Mack, when he was playing, I'm telling you right now, Oakland was in shape before Derek Carr got injured, was in shape for the playoffs. The Raiders last year didn't sniff, didn't even sniff the playoffs.
3: No, they did not. I mean, Chucky made a lot of that happen. I, all we can say is that we know they're going to be better than the Denver Broncos. Am I right, Ethan?
4: Uh, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but you bring in an old veteran quarterback like Joe F- Flacco from Baltimore, and you know he's just—he's old. He's not going to get—he's not going to get the job done in the quarterback position. I I hate to admit it, but...
3: And then their other free agent signings for Denver haven't panned out that great.
4: No. uh, This just... I think the Broncos are just waiting for free... Not free agency, the draft, to just figure out what they're going to be doing. I mean, you added a guy on your defensive back in Kareem Jackson, but that's not going to help you out. So, I... Personally, the Broncos are just waiting for the draft to go young, let Von Miller step up, be the, be the leader of the locker room, and take all the young guys under their wing. And then, you know, we might have to wait for the Broncos for a rebuild for the next, like, two to three years. But in the end, it'll be okay.
3: One final thing before I let you go, Andre. When it comes, sure. when it comes to their weapons now for Josh Allen, which free agent signing benefited him the most? Cole Beasley, John Brown or Tyler Croft?
5: I'm going to say Tyler Croft and here's why I say Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft is a good tight end. You can use. uh, He can catch. He can catch the ball. He's uh, not too bad at blocking uh, either. Um, The reason why I won't say John Brown or Cole Beasley is because Josh Allen is a tall quarterback who has a cannon. What was Josh Allen's problem last year? Um, Throwing the ball down the field. Usually... He overthrew receivers. Why do you have five ten receivers? Both Cole Beasley and John Brown are five ten. They're small wide receivers. Yes, you need tall athletic wide receivers who can go get the ball vertically, who can jump up and go get it. I don't know if they're gonna be able to do it. All right. And my other thing, my other thing before you let me go is Josh Allen had trouble last year with his short to intermediate throws. Cole Beasley is that type of player.
3: Exactly. I see your point there. Now, Andre Robinson, shout out your uh, Rise Up Sports to everybody out here in Las Vegas.
5: Listen, I want to tell Las Vegas, first and foremost, that Ian Rakelli is the man. and If y'all not listening to him, y'all missing out. That's a big, big uh, void not to be listening to Ian Rakelly. Totally. Now, back here in the 716, we we Rise Up Family for sure. That's what we all about. Rise Up Family. Um, rise Up Sports. You can watch us. You can watch us on Facebook all the time. Um, we do shows. Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights Friday at 1230. We have a television show on Friday at 6 o'clock uh, p.m. And stay tuned, man. Just stay tuned. Hit me up, Andre Robinson on Facebook, and continue to support Ian and Raquel. If you don't, you're missing out.
3: Thank you, Andre, and I will have you on another time. Yes,
5: Thank you very kindly. I appreciate it.
3: All right, and that is it for Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I'm your host Ian Rakelli my co-host Ethan Gettemeyer thank you thank for being you. on the show.
4: Thank you. Actually do we have a quick second because Gonzaga fell to St. Mary's 60 to 47.
3: That is huge right there as we end the show. Shout out to our social medias on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Vegas Sports Hub. Check out our website www.vegassportshub.com and we will see you next week here on KSHP 1400 AM in Las Vegas. KSHP 1400 AM Las Vegas, Vegas Sports Hub.
1: It's Brian Blessing, weekdays noon to two on 1400
5: KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA
0: Radio News with Wendy King. At least 40 nations have grounded Boeing's